Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. Welcome to the Records and Bands podcast. Today we're joined by my very good friend uh, Alex Trezins. So I've prepared some some remarks, Al, and you can feel free to jump in at any point. So, despite being well into our thirties, Alex, you're the one person that I can rely on to think that we can still make it in a pop punk band. It's guaranteed. To me, you're you're one of the finest and most underrated songwriters and musicians from the HR6. You're my coolest friend since I sat behind you in French and you told me about the kinks. My fellow ordinary boy, my Navajo brother, and the man with the coolest dad story you'll ever hear. <laughs> Very kind, Sam. Yeah, back at you. Oh, thank you, mate. Yes. Yeah. So we've known each other since school many, many yeah. years ago. Um, and we were in a band for, for a few years. And, yeah. you know, been in touch ever since. Kind of gone slightly our own way. You've obviously joined the, the Merchant Navy and I'm still knocking around here doing my thing. Um, Is that so you got that boat stuck in the Suez Canal or not? No. I want you. wasn't me, no. Luckily... <laughs> I mean, I, it wasn't me just because I wasn't there on that day. Not because if you were I'm, there, uh, it probably would have been you. Yeah, it could, you know, <laughs> next, next one might be me. I don't know. Yeah. So we wanted to get you on, Al. Um, as with all our guests, we thought you'd be just just someone cool to get on and to chat about. But you sent me a message um, about one of your favourite albums. So do you want to introduce that that album? We can have a little yeah. chat about that and get into. <clears throat> yeah, sure. So I was listening to your podcast, which I really enjoy, by the way. It's a really cool little um, thing that you got going. And it was just from the first one, I think, where you're just talking about all your favourite albums. Mm. And it's, it just got me thinking, like, what is my favourite album? And obviously, to even say that definitively is almost impossible. But I just think the album that I listened to like when it came out non-stop uh, even now I listen to it quite often and basically I think it came out what, 17 years ago and it's the only album I think I've ever listened to in that whole 17 years kind of you know mm. quite regularly and just also as an album as a body of work it's one of the few albums I listen to kind of from from start to finish without skipping, you know, not putting it on shuffle. Mm. And that's the um, <clears throat> the untitled Blink-182 album. Um, and I think, Rob, actually, you, did you drive us to go and see Blink-182 so in Nottingham? Yeah, so we were talking about this, because I remember taking you to, to a gig up in Nottingham, yeah. and Sam seemed to think it might have been Green Day, but 
It could have been. I don't think it was green. I think it was Blink One Eight Two. Because I know I I know I fucked off to the pictures and watched The Last Samurai. Is it? Yeah, one mic up a tear. Oh, but it would have. Been, it would have been about that time. Mm. I reckon between um, me coming back from Australia and then fucking off to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah. Nottingham. It's definitely Nottingham, mm. wasn't it? Was yeah. that the one where you found Glory supported him? I can't remember. Yeah, because I know I we, we saw him a few times, didn't we? Do you remember um, Motion City soundtrack supported? Yeah, well? yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember specifically mm. what type that was. So we were we were talking about festivals a few weeks ago, and um, yeah. we have had a look back through the lineup, and I think it read in in '98 they played on the Vans Warp tour, yeah. and they were second on. Yeah, and like I don't think anyone watched them, but then it wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been much that wouldn't have been much before like Enema of the State and all. No, so yeah, so I think Enema of the State was '99. Yeah, so. The, Although I don't really think kind of... Because obviously all the small things was what propelled them to, mm. like, UK success at least. And I think that was probably, like, 2000 or 2001, right. but the album actually came out in 99. Yeah, and I don't I, remember the album, like, coming out, if you know what I mean. That was no, like, I know, not really. No, I, I remember um, all the small things. And what was the other one on there? What's my age again? Yeah, What's my yeah, age again? yeah. yeah. I, they were about about the same time as Bloodhound Gang were doing yeah, a that's bit, right, yeah. and I kind of them yeah. in together a bit. Mm. Yeah, that's sort of like you and me, baby, ain't eh? nothing but mammals. Yeah, we'll do it doggy style so we can both watch X Files. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible what record. A time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, but Britney Spears was making a debut about the same time. Yeah, that yeah. was a good video, mate. Well, yeah, yeah, but so dang, dang, press that, pause. Brilliant. Yeah. So what I'd say to that is that the Blink One Eight Two Untitled album is basically, if, if that's what you see as is, is, is Blink One Eight Two, I, you know, this album is completely different. Mm. It's like it, it's it's completely a complete departure from that, really. Yeah, and it's just a really cool album. Like I've just been reading up on it on Wikipedia and just how they recorded it and like. There was quite a lot of tensions in the band as well and stuff like that. But it kind of like all helped the creative kind, you know what I mean? The whole kind of thing. And they just, they just rented a house and just basically kind of all just stayed in the house and waited until they had an album. They didn't like book, you know, three months in mm. these cool studios in LA. And at the end, you know, like what the label said, they just kind of, it was like a proper creative process, completely different to, I think, what a lot of people would have um, previously of, you know. So, um, yeah, thought. We were talking the other day, it's not come out yet. Um, uh, Sam made me listen to the Strokes album. Oh, yeah. And I made him listen to Let It Be by The Replacements. I don't know if you know that record. Uh, yeah, The Replacements. Yeah, I, I've got into those. Yeah, but I, I said to Sam that, the replacements record sounds like they spent a day and a half in a studio and just knocked it out. Whereas the stroke yeah. sounds like it was about six years in the making yeah. and completely overproduced and just, yeah. and I fucking yeah. hated it to be honest. But, but I, you know what? I never got into the strokes at the time. Good. Never really got into them. And it's one of those albums that everyone always, has always liked. And I've always just not got it at all. And it's only honestly literally about a couple of months ago where I listened to that, What's it called? This is it, mm-hmm. or is this? Is it? this it? Yeah. Is this it? 
and I was just walking to the supermarket. And I did, to be honest, I did enjoy it. For the first time ever, I enjoyed it. But what I took from it more than anything was even though I'd never listened to that album before, it was always transported to, like, that era when it came out, mm. just the way it sounded. Yeah. It was so defining. The sound was so kind of defining of everything else that was around at the time. See, I love that record. I, um, yeah. I, don't, know, I don't know what Rob was listening to, but... I yeah, think, I think there's really lots of records, cool. we're sort of going off on tangents, but that's the whole point, isn't it? There's lots of records that just, you know, hit that nostalgia button that it yeah. doesn't matter what it is. It takes you back to exactly where you were hmm. the first time you heard it. So, um, like, we had that Wonder Stuff record on, and that just takes me back to Terrace and Over Souls we playing with Derek, hmm. like, back in the very early 90s when that first came out. <laughs> Um, and then there's um, there's records like Big Red Letter Day by Buffalo Tom that like Stuart used to play all the time. So that yeah. that takes me back to messing about over at Breed and Breed, sneaking into the swimming pool at the private school when we shouldn't have been. Brilliant. All that sort. Of, but oh, yeah, but every, every every time I listen to Buffalo Tom, that takes me back to like ninety mm. seven, ninety eight, and hanging out yeah, with those yeah. guys. You know, so yeah, yeah. Whether the Strokes takes you back to hanging out with that lad on the <laughs> well, I'm a bit like you, Al. I didn't get into that, like, hear it. I've heard it on more recently than, than you, Pat. Sorry, less recently. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't, didn't didn't probably get into that until, which is perhaps something we're going to come on to, where I, I think my taste started to change a little bit. So when it kind of moved away from that sort of more punk sort of stuff we used to listen to and kind of more yeah. into a, a bit more indie kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but you you saying about um, that Blink album? You are. Oh, I, I seem to remember you. You we were with it sixth form, and I remember yeah. you bought it. You must have gone up town and got it or something, or you bought it in from home, and we were listening to it. Yeah, yeah, Woolworths, Woolworths, Nick did from Woolies. Yeah, <laughs> was not expecting a Woolworths mention today. Well, the only place that there was that in Skelton's you could get records yeah. from, wasn't it? So, oh, yeah, yeah, but we again, we we're talking last week. You could go into Skelton's and say, Can you get me? and they would order it oh, in yeah, for yeah, you, yeah. they'd get it in yeah. for you, like so. I, that's how I got Vitology by Pearl Jam. I went and said, Can you get me Vitology? and they got it to me. They said, Oh, we can get it for you on cassette. I'll fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember us, we, we listened to that, that the Blink album, the untitled one. And I, I think yeah. we both, when we first heard it, because it's so far removed, we're a little bit like, oh, what's this? If yeah. you know what I mean. Because, like, Feeling This was the lead single, wasn't it? Which yeah. isn't actually that that far away from sort of classic Blink, is it? It's a yeah. little bit more sort of... Yeah. Well, it's different, but it's got the same, like, sentiment. Yeah. And it's not until you get into the album where it yeah, kind of... Yeah really takes that turn doesn't it but do you know what i haven't listened to it for ages and i um i put on in the car one day and i listened to it back and i was like oh i'm I'm struggling with this but i you know since we we, you know even messaging about Mm. it i put it on again and i don't again and i think a lot of sort of times when i'm listening to stuff it's kind of how i'm feeling at the time if you know what i mean i might just not be in them and i listen to it back and it like I was like, do you know what? He's, he's right, yeah. This is this is fucking brilliant. But yeah, it just really, like, front of a better. It sounds really geeky, but it just like rocks, doesn't it? It's yeah, like, the drums, the guitars, yeah. like it's just so cool. It's a bit. I think the only it's a bit cheesy sometimes. 
But there's that, you know, where they read that letter, that's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. But then it's quite, at the same time, it's quite touching, I suppose. But that's a real letter, apparently. Mm. I've just been reading here that, like, one of them, one of them's grandfather sent. Yeah. And the, the actress who read it made her uh, acting debut in Coronation Street. Oh. In 1972. <laughs> Great days. There we go. Woolies and Corrie. Proper retro yeah. tonight. Yeah, sorry, I interrupted you a little bit then. No, that's all right. No, um, but no, you, you, like, I think once you kind of, you get into that, and I, I mean, Rob, you've heard it for the, probably for the first time this week, mm-hmm. but like, so it might have even been an even bigger shift, but like, once you kind of get into it, you're like, and you kind of almost don't hold it as a Blink album almost, if yeah. you know what I mean. Once you can separate yeah, yeah. that, and it's not, and you get you think, oh, it's not what I'm expecting. Then it, it's it's really good, and like I think it, I've got a bit of a new appreciation for it because like it's been so long. Because like you, we used to listen to it all the time. Like you'd be on constantly, and like, yeah, yeah. sort of almost grow a bit tired of stuff, don't you? And then you come back to it. And like I said, I listened to it a bit, but I was driving and I probably listened to like three or four tracks. Well, I can't be asked for this. I'm just going to put, yeah. you know, and then listen to it again. I was messaging you as I was listening to it. Like there's those few tracks on there. Like, uh, here's your letters. Brilliant. Easy targets. Brilliant. Like towards the back end. Yeah. What did you think of it, Rob? Right. <laughs> yeah, the verdict. <laughs> well, I, other than, the notable singles, I don't know Blink-182 at all. Obviously, um, all the small things, I think it's a fucking terrible record. But <laughs> that might be for the same reasons that Sam hates Smells Like Teen Spirit. Because yeah. it's, you hear it all the time. Um, quite like What's My Age Again. Yeah, it's good I quite, tune, it? I quite like, dump, is it Dumpweed, the first track on that, Enemy of the State? Mm, yeah. Quite yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. And I quite like Damn It. And yeah, I, remember, yeah, yeah. I remember watching you boys playing it somewhere when you yeah. played together. You used to play that. One of our staples, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that, to yeah. be honest, that listening to, like, or at some point, either, because you used to go and practice out at a village hall somewhere, didn't you? Yeah. Well, In Luston, Cawley Hall. That's yeah. it, yeah. So I can yeah. remember running you about once then. And then did you have a gig somewhere in Hereford? Mm. That is Manhattan's? Yeah, played up, yeah. First ever gig, yeah. Was it still Manhattan's then, or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that was upstairs. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that practice and that gig were quite close together. That saw him. So mm. obviously, you played that Blink song. Um, that's the first time I'd heard of him. So I I listened to um, Enema of the State the other day. I wanted to kind of see that. Sam said it's quite different to what you're expecting, so I wanted to try mm. and see like a progression, and. Like those, is it uh, Dude Ranch, the first album? Yeah, I think it's like their third album. It's their first kind of yeah. like... Yeah, mm. but that and Enema of the State, they're a bit no effectsy, a little mm. bit. Yeah. Not the, like, yeah. they're not, no, they don't sound like no effects, but that's the closest I could sort of... Yeah. That's what they're trying to go for. And maybe yeah. maybe because there's a little bit of the puerileness and the lyrics and all of that, and it all kind of, that's what it harks back to. Yeah. yeah, Noel Gallagher described it as rockabilly on crack. Oh right, okay. <laughs> there we go. Just a little little hot take. Yeah. <laughs> um, rockabilly on crack, brilliant. 
Um, and then I put this one on, and the only song I knew off it is Miss You. Oh, yeah. That's the only song I had heard off it. And I probably heard that when I was traveling in New Zealand, probably on the radio or something, because that would have been the year after it came out. Um, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I liked it. No. There's a couple of tracks on there I thought were all right. Um, that doesn't um, surprise me at all, no. to be honest. No, but... no. Um, but I do have a hot take. Go um, on. But anyway, I, I like, yeah. I'm going to get this track listener just to remind me. I like Go. Another one we used yeah. to cover. Did you, I don't, yeah. don't remember that. Anyway, yeah, so I like that. That was really, but that was a bit more like their older stuff, I felt. Mm. Yeah, yeah um, very much so, yeah. Quite like the woman reading the letter, right? That was quite cool, but I wasn't yeah. too keen on the song that followed. Mm. Not really. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, what's the one? Is it Always? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I quite like that one as well. But it's like 80s kind of yeah. new wavy. But there's a couple of bits in there. There's a couple of bits of guitar in there that kind of one bit reminded me of like what's my age again? And another bit reminded me of um damn it. Uh, no, maybe it's not that different. Not then. no 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 it wasn't. It was <laughs> literally it's just a a little phrase towards the end of the song, almost as if they yeah. like they were like sort of harking back to it. Mm. Yeah, but I'll be honest. I thought it was a goddamn fucking emo record, <laughs> and I checked twice. I did check twice to make sure I hadn't stumbled into a My Chemical Romance album by mistake. Yeah, and I thought that's that was a full-on of... emo record, and I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, which is interesting because I'm not really. I wouldn't say I'm that into emo. Really, I don't like really listen to any emo bands. Maybe a little bit of My Chemical Romance. I, mean, I don't even really know what emo is, <laughs> but I know what you mean. It's like um, yeah, so a yeah. band called Save Today, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Like, well, that's what, yeah, called... mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can, yeah, I can understand uh, your point of view on that. Yeah, I think it, to yeah. me, it sounds like let's make our grown-up record. Yeah. Um, well. I mean, I think it is their grown-up yeah, record. Yeah, but... But, I mean, I can understand that maybe it's a, a bit too contrived, maybe. But um, At the same you know. time, it can't... I, I just... One, one more thing, and then I'll let you go back to sucking its dick. Um, it, it, <laughs> let me guess, it's not Pearl Jam. No, no. All, <laughs> all, all I'll say about it is it can't be entirely shit if Robert Smith's on it. Wow. Wow, yeah. So, uh, what you know, think of that song? I quite liked it, but it sounded like a cure song. Yeah. Fucking emo. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, just, do you want to know another fact? Go on, yeah, get some facts then, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, um, they, um, they wanted to have Robert Smith on it because they're big cure fans, apparently, but they were worried that he wouldn't do it because they weren't credible enough because of, you know, all the small things, probably. Um, but apparently, they, they sent him a... Check a, a, for a, half a million pounds. <laughs> yeah, they sent him a massive check. No, they sent him the song, and um, I can't find his quote now. Just while you're looking for that, Sam, the, mm. the one with the letter, was that the Fallen? The letter? Um, that, I've, hang on, we'll put it on. There's fallen interlude, yeah. yeah. Is... That's a... that's weird. Yeah. Oh, so it must be Stockholm syndrome is the one. Yes, the it is. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. I think Stockholm syndrome is like just is great, and it's quite emo, but it just mm. it's great too. Uh, all of the oh, I don't know where it's gone, but anyway, basically, he said he like he he didn't care about what the what their past was. He liked the song, and nobody should box themselves as a band. Yeah. So all right. There. I think I found it out. Is it? Um... Nobody knows what kind of songs you're going to write in the future, and nobody knows the full potential of any band. I really like the music you sent me. That's it. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah, yeah. Because that's a really cool song, and it's a really cool little segue into each other, isn't it? Because the one track sort of like yeah, easy it, target, it is easy like, target, isn't it? Baked yeah, out yeah. on like the octave bit on the guitar. I think I do agree. This is like let's make a grown up album. But what comes between it, between like the last, well, take off your pants jacket and the Blink Untitled is the Boxcar Racer album. Yes. Which, yeah. Um is Rob it's it's Tom DeLong, Travis Barker, and someone else, I can't remember who it is who plays who else plays on it. And it's basically yeah. Blink were having some downtime and Tom DeLong went off and recorded this album. And it is, it's more, I, I guess it's kind of post-punky, sort of a bit, a bit heavier. It's that, uh, the, like, it almost blends, doesn't it? There's a lot, I was listening to it, actually. There's quite a lot of themes of that album that carry over. So I think that album, I think, from what I understand of it, is that, like, Tom wanted to do something different. So he went off, did Boxcar, and then it was kind of inevitable that that was going to come back to to, to Blink, and then, then this was going to come out very yeah, differently. Because yeah. um, that must yeah. be about the same time that, um, what's the drummer called? Travis Barker. Because he went Travis off and Barker. did Transplants, didn't he? Yes. So that would have been about the same sort of time. So I was just reading, they had to interrupt the recording of this album because Travis went off to do a tour with the trans. Right, because the other thing about your gigs, or your gig, is much fun as it was watching my little brother play his first gig, um, it was more fun sat, seeing you all sat around in a on a sofa in Manhattans and then Diamonds and Guns, or <laughs> or which had one of the transplant songs come on, and you're, you, you thought, all just going, woo, woo! <laughs> you not remember <laughs> that? Very vaguely, yeah, yeah. I remember that because yeah. you look, you look like a fucking band. Like <laughs> we just had our gig, we're gonna see if we can get served, and then your favorite song comes on, and you're all, all banks around. Woo woo, that's, woo. that's a good that album. Is, well, isn't it? Yeah, it's on yeah. Sam's list. We're gonna have it. We're gonna go through that. Yeah, oh, yeah, that is an album. Mind. I was really interested actually that was when you messaged to say that this was sort of your. Because I, I w- wasn't surprised that it was Blink, but I thought you might go for something like Enema or something like that. Yeah. But um... I don't know, yeah. I just think Enema State's all right. Like, I think it's a great album. And it's the, probably the album that set me off on a kind of a, you know, the musical mm. course I went on, you know, with punk and guitars. Yeah. You know, because before that, I only really, I listened to a bit of, you know, Blur and Oasis, mm. who I still love now. But, you know, I, I'd never really know much about American kind of punk, yeah. So that's so that was important for that for that um, reason. But I wouldn't say I really listened to it 
anymore. You know, mm. I mean, if I put it on, I'd probably enjoy it. But yeah, but I don't like. I don't think. Oh, I'm walking into town. What should I listen to? You know, I'll listen to that. Mm. And I'll probably just listen to a cricket podcast instead. <laughs> but you know, like but this untitled album, I might. Just listen, yeah, you know, yeah. I always yeah. say to Sam, like Pearl Jam, my favorite band. I love Pearl Jam to bits. Never fucking listen to him. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like, but um, weird, isn't it? Um, what other sort of stuff do you listen to nowadays? Then, because obviously, like Sam's gone down his um, Billy Bragg, Bruce Springsteen, into all of that sort of stuff. I'm just wondering, do you still listen to the same stuff you did when you were a kid? No, not really. Or... Like, I, I suppose I'll still listen to. I suppose my go-to bands. Like the standards are like, it, like Oasis. I still listen to Oasis quite a lot. Still, I'm quite into the Foles. Oh yeah. So again, I was slow on those. It's only like the last two or three years. Mm. Well, no, probably more than that. But I wasn't big into them from the start. I'm a very much a um, a mo- um, although in my you know we're all getting on a bit. Mm. I'm I'm a kind of I'd say I'm a modern music listening listener in that. I'll just put on playlists, mm. listen to three songs from a band and then another band. And yeah. I'll very rarely properly dive deep into a band these days. Do you keep up with new stuff? Um, not so much, on and off. Um, I'm just going to get my I, um, tunes up, see what I listened to last. Do you um, I'd imagine a band that... Um, do you, you like the Fontaines DC? Um, I tried them. Mm. I didn't mind them, but I didn't like go mad on them. I just, I'll tell you what I listened to. The last album I listened to from start to finish, changing something a little bit, was that Jamie T album you were talking about. Oh, yeah. What did you think? Just looked at that. And Don Bronco. Have you ever heard of Don Bronco? No. They're no. quite interesting. Yeah. The Jamie T album. I couldn't believe it was only 2007. It does feel like it should be earlier, doesn't it? Seems like it should be much earlier mm. than that, but no, yeah, two fans. Um, yeah, I think it's all right. Uh, Were you on the boats by then? That's a year I joined. Oh right, so yeah, because there's a video yeah. during the range of Jack and his mates acting the bollocks in in the car with that going. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm surprised it's your favourite ever album. Yeah, that's all. That's all I'd say. I quite liked it to be honest. I didn't think I would, yeah. and I thought it was all right. Like, but. It's yeah. definitely one that I've gotten into, like, a bit later on, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I got into, um, uh, what's it, the one with um, Tesco Land on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's his most recent one, isn't it? Yeah, I think maybe, yeah. I got into that. It's got, like, Never a drone squad on it and stuff. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like that, because what I like about it is, like, that's a very, a very different sort of record, isn't it? It's, he's moved on a lot. <laughs> And some of it's real, like real off the wall. Yeah. Then what else is like? Oh, gold teeth. That is the R and B and soul. Right. The bassist, the the original bassist from the Arctic Monkeys. Oh, uh, right. That's quite good if you're into like. I presume you're. In, I presume you're into the Arctic Monkeys in that, though, are you, Alex? Um, I don't mind the Arctic Monkeys. I, I loved the first time when it came out. Again, tried to listen back. A few times I just don't like it that much these mm. days. For me, their second album was the best album. I've never really listened to them, to be honest. Again, they were around that time when like my yeah. kids were being born, and it just I just give yeah. up even. But what I say about the Arctic Monkeys is I love that they just they they're the same. Like they don't 
well, the album's called it, whatever it's called, whatever I am, I am not, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they just do, they don't do what, they just do what they want to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even if I won't like one of their albums, I'll still say, ah, oh, like, fair enough, they've just, because some bands, you think they just get stuck in a rut, don't they, and just release the same album over and over. Say, like, Feeder, or yeah. <laughs> someone like that, you know, and they just, they're fair enough, they're, you know, they're good band-ish, or whatever, but they just, they've released the same album. Mm-hmm. No. So this is actually something I was thinking about, Al. But I think it come from the talking about the Blink album, and then mm. I was also thinking about the Arctic Monkeys album. Is that like it's quite hard, I think, because there's two sides to to the coin with with a band. It's like they either they're good and they keep doing what they do, what they're good at, and then it's kind of like, well, it's all the same, or yeah. they try something different. And try and move on with that with, with how they sound, and then you're like, oh, I wish they just stuck to what they they did originally. And it's quite hard, isn't it? Like, what do you have you heard the the latest Arctic Monkeys album? Is that um, Moonbase or whatever it's called? It's got yeah, like, tran- Hotel yeah, Tranquility, Tranquility Base Hotel. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've only heard the singles, but what I, the singles are really cool. Is the album good? Now I got into it. Yeah, really, like. It always it always surprised myself. I just kind of got into it because mm. I didn't really know it. But I mean, if, if you listen to that in comparison to like any of the first, well, let's say the first two Arctic mm. Monkeys albums, I mean, it's completely. There's hardly a. There's not. I don't think there's a distorted guitar on the last album. You know, there's a few pianos and a few. You know, it, it's just completely different. But but I think in the long term, if you're a band and an artist, let's say. Now I think you long term you give yourself more longevity by by just doing what you need to do. Because mm-hmm. I think people I think people suss you out if you just do what you want people if you just do what if you what am I trying to say? If you just do what you think people want you to do, mm. eventually you just like you say, people get bored. Yeah. And you you know, you have to leave people wanting more, don't you? I'll be honest, it's like with that blink album, I wondered whether that it was like because to me it sounded like an emo record, I wondered whether mm. like that's them jumping on that emo bandwagon because that's where everything's going. But then, if you look no. at the timing of it, they're much uh, it's much earlier <laughs> than like my, my. So if you look at this, is like so like I had that right. You know, I'm happy to say I had that wrong. It's like, mm. but you do get these artists like like Bowie would always change. And I, I, I'm we've spoken about Bowie. And there's no point diving too deep into David Bowie, like. But he would always like lead that change. Mm. Yeah. But then there's always the artists that follow. Um, yeah. And I. So there's just a line on this Wikipedia article at the end. It says, Untitled was the band's most concise break from the pop punk formula and a catalyst for the wave of pierced hearts stuck mm. to sleeves with tears and guy liner emo outfits mm. that rose to popularity in its wake. Including but not limited to Fallout Boy, mm. Michael Ball, Romance, you know, etc. Et yeah. So yeah, I think really that was a it almost opened the door for those emo bands rather than jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. So I, like I say, I, I I had that wrong, but yeah. you know, mm. it's, not, it's not the first thing I've had wrong on this podcast. Mm. It won't be the last. What I think, Al, and that's quite um, quite interesting, is that I I agree with you. I think that album came out and it opened the door for those other sort of bands. And I also sort of looking back, probably wasn't quite a, I'm not sure if it was a conscious decision at the time, but like 
I wasn't so into those kind of emo bands. You know, I didn't no, like them. I wonder if that's kind of when I reckon that first Arctic Monkeys record came out, which I yeah. think might have been an album that it was kind of like, well, I don't really like where the, the like the punk scene, if you will, is going. So I'll sort of see what else yeah, is out totally there. Agree, yeah, totally, yeah, totally agree with that. Um, yeah. And that, because that was massive, that first Arctic Monkeys record, wasn't it? It was like, it was huge. I remember, I remember that. What was it? Um, Bet you look good on the dance floor, and just putting that on repeat on the uh, jukebox <laughs> in the um, ducking stool. Great days, yeah. And I think there's the, a bit of a, and there was a lot of good stuff. I think that, that came out then, and I think. Well, there was that. I think just after, like, it was like the, um, you know, an explosion of like hmm. British indie rock bands, aren't they? Arctic Monkeys, Kasabian. Because that's a good record, isn't it? Razor Light, yeah. You know, the Ordinary Boys, Zoo Ons. Liber- the Liberty, yeah, and all these that had which had a kind of a punk edge to them, mm. although they weren't maybe punk that we considered punk at the time, like American palm muted guitars. Yeah, they still they still had that kind of punk fuck you attitude type of thing. Like it wasn't punk, and like you said, like Green Day, Blink, that sort of thing. Yeah, but it perhaps hark back more to like the Clash, the Undertones, yeah, yeah. that slight like you know that. The, the kinks, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely, yeah. When I was would have been similar age to, like, you guys getting into bands, so going back, because I'm the old fucker here, we're in a short spats, by the time you had Smash by Offspring, Ducky, Out Come the Wolves, um, Stranger Than Fiction, Bad Religion, and they were all put in this sort of punk scene, if you like. Mm. But none of those bands sound the same. No. Do they? No, like, and yet that... I remember the offspring, like actually getting into the offspring, like uh, quite early on as well. They were quite opened a few doors for me. They had that one song, didn't they, that kicked off? Yeah, and then like song. I said, like the Blink album or the, the Blink stuff that I heard at the time, there's a bit no effectsy to me. But yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really get into any of the other bands around that came up with them in that punk scene. And I'd given up on Green Day by then as well. I think the Insomniac was the last Green Day album I bought. Yeah, yeah I, I think really the, the bands that would have been, I guess, out sort of around that time, when Blink, you would have had like Newfound Glory would have been quite big, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like Alkaline Trio, stuff like that. Yeah. There were, like, yeah, a lot of those American bands that sort of, kept, sort of went with it. I've, I've racked my brain to think some more, but like, like all-American rejects and stuff like that. Yeah, just to go back to what we were saying, like, I think the Arctic Monkeys, whether or not you like them as a band or they put out, I, I think they're one of England's great bands. Mm. You think I should actually listen to them then? Yeah, no, I do. And you might not like it, but what I think you might appreciate from it is that they don't stand still. Even between yeah. like the first two albums that could probably come out within a year of each other, I don't know. But they're they're quite different, aren't they? Not not to be fair, they're probably the, the two most similar albums, I would say. Would you would you agree yeah. there, Al? Yeah, I would I'd agree, yeah. But he, they were the two most similar, but you could there was a definite progression. You knew then there was a definite progression. Yeah. Because it'd have been like, so easy from just to knock that album out again, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, so whatever people say I am come out in 06. And then favorite worst nightmare was 07. So like, yeah. But what I think you you quite often get with bands, and um, 
just pulling off the top of my head is that um well couple really uh, catfish and the bottle man one yeah. and uh, slaves yeah come out with like their first album was really good and really yeah. big and then it felt that like the second album was like you, we've got to get something else out and yeah. it was just I tell you, yeah, catfish, I think you, yeah you've hit the nail on the head with that catfish because i really like their first album. really good Really liked it. And then I just think they've just... What are they on their album three? They basically just released slightly worse versions of their debut album. Yeah, that's three it. Times or whatever, you know? And like... Did you say that's your your favourite Arctic Monkeys album, the second one? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. But there's definitely... Like you said, there's definitely a chain. And it would have been, it would have yeah. been easy, wouldn't it? Just to go, all right, we've got 12 tracks that are similar to this. Push it out. But, it, it, you know, it's, it's a bit darker, isn't it? I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and that Brian Storm is an absolute yeah. banger. Yeah, that's great. Was is it was it Humbug after that? Yeah, I I didn't get to see that, so I missed. I was into the first two albums, and then I just went cold on them. I don't mm. know, maybe I, I obviously just mustn't have liked what I heard, and I just I have, don't think I've even listened to the next yeah. kind of couple of albums. You see, I liked them. I liked Humbug and, and Suck It and See, and then struggled with AM. Which people tell a lot of people. Oh, AM. I forgot about AM. But yeah, that's quite good. People rave about it. It's like one of the most popular ones, mm. isn't it? Like, yeah. And yeah. I'm definitely going to spend some more time on that latest one. But yeah, I like that. I think whether or not you, you're into what what they do, and I think they're quite unapologetic about it. It's just like, well, if, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. if you yeah. like the first record, go and listen to it. But we're, we're doing this yeah. now. And that's not to say yeah. they're not going to bang them out when you see them live. Yeah. Have you seen them live? Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, festivals or gigs or both. I think actually, you seen them, Fred? Yeah, I, I've seen them at a festival. Yeah, I think it was after the second album came out. You've mm. you been a Casino festival? Ah, uh, that in, in Spain. Yeah, yeah, I saw them there. It was it was really good actually. No, really good. Yeah, the, yeah, they. Um, I think it was Leeds. I saw them at, and then I saw them in Cardiff at their own gig. Someone yeah. athletes that support them, but I can't remember who it was. But yeah, they're a real good live band. They're a good like saying that about how they, they, they change and they move stuff along. They are they're just a good rock and roll band. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they they like they really yeah, give it some like and again, just, just to get your thoughts really, do you think that um like Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLong and Blink generally, do you think they're not taken very seriously? I've never taken them seriously. Mm. I've, I've just, oh, they're just another one of them mm. pop punk bands. Um, yeah, I think possibly like if you're a fan of them, I know this is a bit of an obvious statement, but you probably take them seriously. I think they've been, I think definitely there's a period where they weren't being taken seriously. Mm. But I think I think after that album, we were the, the said album we were talking about, I think maybe a lot of people's views changed them a lot. Yeah. And obviously like, Everyone grows up, don't they? And I think, you know, in interviews, they obviously, you know, they obviously must be more adult. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. You know, stop writing songs about fucking dogs. <laughs> Although it's funny, you know what I mean? Eventually, I mean, you're, you can't be doing that when you're 45. Is it funny, though? <laughs> really? Um, and I just, and about that album, I, I guess it's kind of the perfect time to do it, but kind of at the same time, perhaps the riskiest time? Because I would say before that album came out, they were at their most successful, I would say. I would say they were a bigger band 
after takeoff come out than they were before Enema of the State come out, I think. Oh, yeah, massive. Because yeah, like, yeah. they were, like, everywhere, weren't they? Is that, like, uh, their yeah. two big albums, then, do you reckon? Enema of the State and then... Yeah, I would say, your... like, yeah. Enema of the State's kind of the, I guess you'd call it the breakthrough album, I suppose. The, the Dookie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Smash, the Dookie, the Egg yeah. and the Wolves, that sort of thing. And then Take Off is, had, like, First Date and Rock Show on it. So, yeah, that was, you know, built on that. But, yeah, I was I was listening back, and I I say that about him being taken seriously because it is sometimes, it's quite, when you, when you listen to it and you think, oh, this is the same band who did that, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a bit odd. If it wasn't Blink, it would be, like, held in quite high regard, I think. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not sure yeah. that it's, it's... Although it's, you say that, you say that, if it wasn't Blink, would you have ever listened to it? Yeah, good well, point. Well, yeah, but there's, there's a lot it's of different versions. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah but I know what you mean. You, it's tough, isn't it? You have your preconceptions. Mm. Do do your people's preconceptions. I'm probably you're probably right, but at the same time, yeah, I don't know. I think you just got to take it for what it is, isn't mm. it? Haven't you? You know. Yeah. If you yeah, like but, it, you like it. If you don't, yeah. you don't. And are you predisposed to liking it because they're your favourite band off of the last two albums, and then they do something drastically different? I, are you yeah. already like pot committed? I'm, you know, I don't like it on the first few listens, but fuck me by the end of the week, it's going to be my favorite mm. album because I'm just going to wear the shit out of that CD mm. until I fucking convince myself. But that's the good. beauty of like, you know, streaming now. You don't yeah. have to invest and commit twelve pounds of <laughs> and then convince yourself that you like an album. Yeah, you just have to skip. <laughs> yeah, I I pay for um, the family plan on Apple Music, so there's. Me and uh, two of my three kids have got it, and it's on Hazel's phone as well. And then Sam's got like the spare login because I can't yeah. say to him, Listen to all these records for this mm. podcast we're going to do. Yeah. Go out and pay 12 quid a record for each one. <laughs> like, <Yeah. you> know? <laughs> so I think about this today. This is a bit of a sidebar, but like, since, I mean, how long has Apple, was it Apple Music? streaming being around what five years maybe what you the pay yeah about mm. that yeah well so what is it nine it's ten pounds a month is it or? yeah i pay 15 and that's for up to six yeah. devices up, up yeah. to six accounts so yeah. i've got so i'm sure i'm sure apple have got someone on this like but i'm just thinking about me personally like i spend way less money now on music mm. with spending 10 pounds a month streaming mm. on apple than, than I did before I had Apple Music. So, like, sure, I don't understand the the business model there, really. There isn't. The, mu- the music business is fucked. And yeah. w- without playing live and selling T-shirts, it's fucked, like. Yeah. It, which, in a way, might not necessarily be a bad thing because now they might just make music for arts, for the sake of the art, rather than... Yeah, instead of locking a band in a room for a month and saying we're paying for this studio so yeah. you make us an album, they now just release it when they've actually got something worth yeah. releasing. Again, just re- ready for the buzzer with Pearl Jam. <laughs> um, it, it came out right at the beginning of the first lockdown, but they released their album, and it's very different to stuff... Well, I say it's very different. There's two or three tracks that are very different, and... I don't think they're actually that worried about selling the album. It's more about his next year to go back out on tour because they know yeah. they're not going to make money from selling the record or from downloads or streaming, but they need yeah. they need to have almost like 
new material to play to people who are going to see him for the 20th, 30th time. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So just to keep that that machine moving. And now, obviously, with lockdowns and no gigs, it's not just the artists that are losing our money. It's the fucking roadies and the guitar mm-hmm. techs and the the guy selling fucking beer. You know, the guy who's not getting paid £8 an hour to sell beer in the fucking Civic Hall or whatever. I wonder if this lockdown is in that it's just hastened the, that because mm. streaming and downloading has fucked it. I think that is yeah. the idea. Just isn't to bring it? the mood down. Yeah. For for bands, like they might not make the idea being that, well, we don't make any money from the record, but if people hear it, people are more likely to listen to it for free than come to a gig than they are mm. to buy our album. And but then, then the opposite, but also the opposite, sorry, jumping in, the, the opposite is also true, isn't that? Now there's no fucking gatekeepers, so Alvin and the Angry Barrels can be on Spotify next to Iron Maiden or Pearl yeah. Jam or Blink. Yeah, that is amazing. That is great. Like, that's like really, the, what the internet has done, and like the one thing that I think should always be railed against is that the internet and as the technology's improved, it's taken away all the gatekeepers. Mm. So yeah. we can do this and put it out to the world, yeah. and no one's going to say you can't do that. No, you know. Yeah. And, we, and we're just going out and doing it and it doesn't matter yeah. if it's us talking shit on a podcast Sam's band you could sit on your boat with a harmonica and play a bit of fucking mouth organ and put it out to the world on Spotify mm. if that's yeah. like no one can say that's not good enough or no. that won't sell because yeah. the people who like it will find it now yeah but then going back to the Arctic Monkeys they reckon they were like one of the first bands to kind of do that mm. yeah mm. To come in the back door through, like, um, you know, is that a naval term? MySpace, <laughs> you know, no, we say poop deck, no. <laughs> um, yeah, like so, and just basically build their reputation on, on, um, you know, young people yeah. doing internet mm. stuff and all this. Because I remember when, um, I remember when they first met, remember, um, Ben didn't like them. Yeah, he like, just didn't trust them. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like, that. They're, like, they're just like they're a, what's the word? Uh, they're a manufactured pop mm. band on a major label. And I was like, why do you think that? He's like, just because like they must be because no one had ever heard of them, and then the next minute they were. Yeah, yeah, no, I do remember that. Number one or yeah. whatever. Like. I said that about the Strokes. It one minute there wasn't any, a band called the Strokes, and the next minute there's a band called the Strokes headline in Reading. Yeah, like from nowhere. Like what the fuck? But I, yeah, like you say, I think that, I mean, that's a, a great thing that mm. can't be underestimated, really. Yeah. That now, like you say, anyone can stick stuff out there. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to get, we'll have to find your Navajo CD and uh, get that up on Spotify. There is one kicking around. Yeah. So. Well, we're just on hiatus. That's we never it. officially broke up. No. Right? So. No, I always said, I always, we always say, don't we? I, I know we've got a dad story to get to. <laughs> yeah. It's been teed up. So when did you guys sort of decide you were going to play in a band together? When did that all sort of happen? Is there a story behind it or did it not? Just... Not really, I don't think. Can't remember. No, yeah. nor me, to be honest, how it started. I remember our first ever practice. Yeah. At the Scout Hall. Yeah, we always used to practice down there, didn't we? Great and we days. didn't do much, really. Well, was we that just... through your parents, though, Al? No, Ben's mum and dad. No, Ben's, Ben's, Ben's mum and dad, dad would say. I knew yeah. it was one of you had the keys. Like, but... Yeah. So I remember going there and I don't think it was like, it was like me, you, and there was a couple of other people there. Maybe, was it Martin Hazel? Yeah, yeah. Peters. Maybe 
baby Peter. I mean, it was just kind of a load of lads mm. who kind of all liked guitar music in general and could nearly play instruments. <laughs> so we like, why? We'll just, you know, we've got nothing to do. Let's get together. Mm. And then I think from that kind of, me and Sam were just, and Ben were like the only three that turned up to the second practice. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was it. That's kind of my memory. Yeah, of no, that, that sounds right. Because I remember we had yeah. a few people in and out of the band before we were even doing anything. And then like, yeah, it was... But how old were you when you start, when you reckon, is that school or sixth form? Or? <sighs> I reckon it probably would have been end of school. When did England, when did England win the Rugby World Cup? 2003. 2003. So I remember one practice quite early on. It was in Australia, wasn't it? So mm. I remember watching the England game and then coming to practice. Mm. And I think that was quite early on. So it would have been about 2003. So that would have been as we were leaving, like the, our last year at school, wouldn't it? First year yeah. of sixth form. That, that would yeah, ring, yeah. ring, ring up. Yeah, ring so it was, uh, 16, 17. Yeah. yeah. And how long had you been playing guitar before then? Then. Oh. Oh, not not well, not long really. I mean, I I was a terrible guitarist. So it wasn't it wasn't like you were you'd been playing since you were five or six or anything like that. No, well, I I had a, I played when I was in junior school on an acoustic guitar and then kind of gave up. And then once I realised that playing a guitar is actually cool, <laughs> tried get, tried get it your again. girls. Yeah, tried it again, but I mean, I've never been any good. I mean, I remember going back to that Blink album that one song Go we used to cover. Mm. I remember there's like this bit, there's like that little, oh, it's not even, I, want, I mean, it's not a solo. Yeah, there, I know the bit you mean. Too much credit, but a little like lick in the middle of it. And I just, it, I would always fuck that up. Every single time in the, like not in the practice you find, it gets a gig and I completely <laughs> shank it. It's I, like the easiest <laughs> riff like ever. But that, so that's a, a measure of my, my uh, technical ability on the guitar, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just used to enjoy. I don't, I don't want to throw you under the bus here, but I remember we used to have two songs that we couldn't play next to each other because they used to confuse <laughs> you about which yeah, one we I were playing. That, yeah, because they were both like yeah. I don't know, both had like a scar part, but they were slightly yeah. different, and you were like, I can't play them together. Yeah, can't play them in, in next to each other. There was well, I think one was like, yeah, no, one was a scar song, and one was like the same chords, but. Yeah, not a scar rhythm, mm. and I just couldn't like <laughs> if I played scar version. I then couldn't not play the scar yeah. version, <laughs> and I'd have to play another song in between. And I wipe, <laughs> wipe the scar version from my brain. <laughs> oh dear. Um, if, if I remember rightly, um, Sam, you played guitar, but then. At what point was the decision made that in the Navajos you were going to play bass, or was that just were you looking out for a bass player and couldn't get one, or think, was it does that Alex was better at guitar than you? I think what happened was again it's pretty hazy. I think Peters was playing bass, and when he didn't carry on, we needed a bassist, and I had a bass, so I right. played bass. Yeah. I think you just had a bass, mm. like, yeah. And, that was it. and then Smitey joined the band, didn't he? After a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, um, we did a few. I think as a as a as a band, they were our best years in terms of like sound. What when when Spidey joined? When we had basically when yeah, mm. we wasn't just me on the guitar. <laughs> we had another 
another guitarist. Yeah. Were you, were you always on vocals then? Because you had uh, that other lad sang um, at that gig in Manhattan. Yeah. Luke, yeah. Luke, was, he, was he there for a while or? Just that gig, yeah, wasn't it? I think oh, he right. literally did one gig and then right. again just gave up mm. or whatever. And then you took on that then, did you, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. And you we did other thing, didn't you? We did, yeah. Never, never chosen to, but you, we we sort of shared it a bit, didn't we? Al, you sang a couple, a little bit, yeah. yeah. But yes, they. Um, you're probably right. They were probably we got we did get better. I think we had some good tunes. Do you have regular gigs though? Because again, this is like if if you were saying 2003, I fucked off again in 2004, the very beginning of 2004. Um, and then when I came back from New Zealand, like the in 2005 I, w- I was literally there for three weeks before i mm. came down to the south coast to be with hazel so i wasn't really around when you guys were playing i'm not no. sure but i think around that time like when we had when we had sam in the band and we had a couple of i think we had we like nailed a couple of covers mm. like we were doing that um kkk to my baby oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah i used to love i used to love playing that and then we'd do that another couple of our own songs which i thought were pretty tidy songs to be honest and we were playing with um what's that band i forgot their name but in bromsgrove oh yeah we did we a, few played gigs a couple up. there yeah we played that legendary gig you've already talked about in um <laughs> not Worcester, Malvern. Malvern, yeah and that period there i thought we were actually all right really yeah I mean, yeah ben knew quite a few people didn't he from sort of like around yeah. sort of other people who just met online i think and yeah and hereford tech as well yeah oh yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were all right. We were, you know, you, you won't beat that that gig in Malvern, which was un- unbelievable. Like, what a night! What a Is night! It fair to say the drum, the drummer was probably the most accomplished oh, <laughs> in the band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, we like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell of a drummer, and um, we yeah. sort of used to bang around. Really, oh, I've lost my train. What was I going to say? Sorry. No, no, no. That's all right. I, that 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 was it. Um, I, I do think that if you could either bring us, well, like the Navajos forward or bring now back, I think we would have done more with it. But I think yeah. sort of the age we were, coupled with like not so much going on. Uh, yeah. uh, do you know what I mean? Because there's, there's quite a bit, ha- like, you know, we had um, Rich Lovell uh, from that Terminal Rage band. Yeah. Do it and like, you're chatting about that. And there's like, there's quite a lot of bands about it. There's quite a lot of like gig, you know, people putting gigs. And I don't. I there don't seems re- to be a bit of a scene up in rural Herefordshire yeah, at the moment. But I don't remember. It might just be that we were looking in the wrong places. But like, I don't really remember that being a thing. When no, because we like around. again, I said to Rich last time, like, okay, very, very occasionally, because obviously I was a bit older than you. But very, very occasionally, you'd have a half decent band in Manhattan mm. or at the JLA's. Most of the time, it was indie pop covers. Yeah, yeah. There was that band that Brad's mate Stuart was in called Fook. Oh yeah, and, and they were really good and all original stuff. Mm. And they used to play in the Bell. Yeah, a bit. Um, but then we went that we went and saw them up in Star Star Bridge or Starport, mm. and then we went down to went down to Croydon to watch them <laughs> one time. Well, to give them a bit of support. Yeah, but there was that was literally it. I'm sure. Um, Steve and Dave played in a band for a bit, didn't they? Yeah. Harry Smith's. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't tell you much about what they did gig-wise. No. I mean, back back. There then, wasn't, there really wasn't much about that. No. 
Um, no. Back then, the pinnacle was the bell on a Thursday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, but then, but then <laughs> you wouldn't. I don't think you know. The bell on a Thursday night was very much a covers band. Oh really. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there wasn't like a scene for original bands. Mm. So, um, just seeing as we're on uh, the Navajos, yeah, got two things right. First of all, I think you know, I don't want to dwell on it, but then after, um, let's say Ben left us, yeah, and that that one we did the um, with Steve Tuck, yeah, oh, yeah, the... basically, what was the song called? SK Soul Scar uh, Forever, SKF, yeah, Soul Forever, which is basically Jesse J's price tag which she stole off us yes absolutely which, which got to number one so mm-hmm. we almost had a number one hit yes. on our hands <laughs> yeah so sorry um, sorry so sorry second, sorry sorry point go on is if we were do you think now being called the navajos we get strong armed into changing our names <laughs> we're culturally appropriating native american right, right. I, I, I have two opinions i have two things two things quickly right yeah you're not as i remember the spelling of navajos you spell it wrong so therefore it's not cultural appropriation because you spell it with an h didn't you the navajo nation is with a j um and i need a few more um details on this uh jesse j story so soul scar forever was the song it was a, so you so it's a song you recorded after Ben passed, but yeah. we we, yeah. we wrote it. Was kind it. of the last song we wrote with Ben, I yeah. think, mm. from what I can remember. Yeah, or the last kind of, and we 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 you know it's a lot harder to record things back in those days. Mm. I think we did a few like live versions of it on our phone or whatever. Yeah, did you have one of them and little then, um, Tascam four track things? I think we tried a few times, but they weren't the best. No. I they only nice. cost 80 quid. They're not going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, we then recorded this song with um, Steve Tuck. And, yeah, it's just so cool tune. But it's just got, like, the same bass line. Well, I think it sounds the same. Probably, it's probably not the same musically. But to me, it's got the same bass line and um, vibe. As uh, And then about three weeks later, Jesse J went to number one with this song called Price Tag. Mm. I remember thinking, fucking hell, it's- that sounds like our song. Now, I agree 100% with everything you've just said, Al, apart from yeah. you saying it sounded like it sounded like, like which is wrong. Jesse J yeah. sounded like us. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I mean, that is, that, that's what I definitely mean. That is, and that's definitely true. Like, we did it first by at least probably two years. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, like, I remember that. And I remember that. So, when, really when did fondly. you record it compared to writing it? Because if you did, you write it oh, with Ben. There's probably there's probably two years between writing it and yeah. Writing it. What yeah. I remember really fondly about that track is like it, you're right. It was like I don't know. We sort of I'm trying to work out the timeline, but I think there was a period where we stopped being a band for a bit, and then we sort yeah. of started again. But we we started doing different stuff, didn't we? Yeah, you know, it was a more of a sort of a scary influence sort of thing. I, yeah, I remember it being one of the last bits we did with Ben. But what I've always thought was really cool about it in the past, it was always like Ben had written a song, you had written a song, I'd written a song. But this was like, a, like 
Ben wrote the bass line, you did some of the lyrics, I did some of the lyrics, and yeah. we, we sort of like pieced it all together. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And it and it's a it's a really good tune, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's a, I do, yeah, I think it's a good tune, mate. Yeah. You sent me you sent me the video for it earlier, mm. and uh, and all I could see on it was um multiple, multiple pictures of Ben looking fucking drunk yeah 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 it was a few years ago given was... give the old bicep curl yeah <laughs> it was an animal ben. <laughs> but yeah but i yeah. always think it was you know they look like lots of happy times in them pictures yeah anyway. yeah it was like yeah quite sad that we never got to record it with him but like really glad that we did record it you know yeah. and, and, as, as sort of a like a tip of the cap to him almost like uh, but it's cool that we got to do it with Steve as well. Yeah, and that chap who we did it with. Oh, with Will. Will, who basically taught me how to play, play the guitar. <laughs> he, told, he told me what I was playing and uh, how I should play it better. <laughs> Again, well, what though, chord are you playing now? Um, I don't know, this, this one? This... My fingers here and my other fingers there? Okay. You talk about <laughs> launching uh, Jesse J's career, Al. You know, Will, yeah. who we recorded with, went on to very, very big things. You know, you know, won a Grammy, produced Ed Sheeran's albums. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, done really. Yeah. You know, so I, I did that. I see won the Grammy for the Navajos. For the I'm not sure, to be honest. Is he like an engineer or something then, is he? Or... I think it, it was uh, it was Ed Sheeran, wasn't it? Yeah. The Ed Sheeran album. Oh, right, okay. Is it Multiply? Yeah. I don't I know. So. The one with Shape of You yeah. won um, a Grammy, I think. That was a lot of fun recording that, you know, and it was kind of a bit of a... It was. It did, I, I'll be honest, it didn't turn out exactly how I envisioned it. Mm. But I still, love, I, you know, I still love it. Yeah, but it, it, was, it was fun to do it in a different way. Yeah. I thought we would, but yeah. Um, how long was it after Ben passed that you did it? Can't remember. Wasn't long, that while, long like, I don't no, think. I reckon a year, maybe. Oh, right. So it wasn't as if you hadn't played together for a while and then came back. Well, we knew the song, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just a band. But it, it wasn't yeah. like recorded like four years, five years after, like, no. No, no, no I didn't think so. I can't honestly can't remember. No, it's an old timeline, that isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I, I, if you guess, I'd say probably like no more than three years. Yeah, right, yeah. Like three years maximum. Mm-hmm. Probably, like Sam says, between like eighteen months and two years or something like that. And it's got my favorite ever lyric of yours, Al. This is what I mean. And again, I don't mean to make you blush, but like, I can't stay home and masturbate. I've got to go out and find my soulmate. It's, 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 it's like, it's, not, it's pretty bad. It's not, it's great. Cause it, it's, it's like, and I think this about like, um, some of your other like lyrics that you've sent me recently, like, I think you've got like a real knack for it and a good like knack for a turn of phrase. And I like how, I forget which song it was, one of them that you sent me recently. I love how, you know, you live quite a global life now. I know this is making you sound like Pitbull, you know, but... Um, yeah, Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide, you know, universe boss, you know, all that. But, like, when you write, you, you still use phrases like, all right, shag in it and stuff. 
Yeah, I suppose. Me and Rob have spoken. Very rooted. Yeah, we've we've said on the podcast about it, like um, is um, Jarvis Cocker the Springsteen of Sheffield? And I kind yeah. of think that you're uh, at times your lyrics, you're the you're the Jarvis Cocker of Leinster. <laughs> you know, I think you've got some brilliant little turns of phrases in, in, in what you do, and like, I think you've always had it. You know, um, so from the same things, you're still writing in making music then. Not much, Rob, to be honest. I've tried to, like, um, get into it again, especially during the lockdown and stuff. So I wrote a couple of lyrics and stuff, but it's not really... But, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, simple questions. Yeah, yeah, I still do it. Yeah, yeah cool. I'm not very prolific. But, it's diff- I suppose it's difficult yeah. when you're out, away on the boats for a while. It must be difficult to have a band and... Oh, yeah, yeah that's the problem, but, so, really. Yeah. But you, you take yeah. a guitar away with you when you go go away do you? yeah i do now yeah i've got a little um a little baby taylor it's called. oh cool oh, nice. nice like that one rich Very gave nice. to my daughter i suppose yeah. yeah 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 so it's just like a three-quarter it, it's designed as a travel guitar yeah. but i mean essentially it's just a i think i got one there some quarter guitar oh, nice yeah. cool it's quite cool um, it's got a lovely tone for a like a so um, it gets, sorry, I don't want to dwell on day jobs and that, but when you're out on the boat, um, yeah. presumably internet's pretty good for getting older music and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's hit or miss. Like, it, you obviously, if you're close to land, you can get phone signal. Mm-hmm. 4G these days is pretty good, isn't it? Um, and then the Wi-Fi on board's okay, but it's not like you can download albums and stuff, but you couldn't watch like you can watch stream. You can't watch Netflix, Netflix and that. No. Yeah, they look after you on the boat, though. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's nice, really. The Filipinos often have a um, get a little band together. Oh, I bet that's fun. Uh, yeah, so I always get. Te- I always think, oh, should I try and audition for that? But I'm always just chicken out. How long? Are you, <laughs> when you go away, how long are you away for at a time? Like uh, about two months, two oh. to three months usually. And then, so where's home now? Then Southampton. Oh, you are in Southampton. I'm yeah? in Southampton now. Yeah, right, because yeah. we were on the other way for the last like. Yeah. Seven years, so would yeah. would have seen your loads. I would have been waving to your loads. So, so you, you, sorry, you, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, if we're talking about kind of uh, gigs and going to gigs, and I don't really know when it was, Sam, but I think I did. I I'm not sure if Ben came with us or not. But when we went to see the Ordinary Boys in Newport, oh yes, yeah, Ben did like, come that with might us. Be one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Oh. Was that the centre at TJ's? No, no, TJ's, wasn't it? TJ's. I saw group dog drilling there. That's fucking... Did it still have the spiky um, seat then? I've no idea. It didn't there, no. Because they moved where the stage was a few years back. But go on. But I remember we went... I said, did Ben come with us? Yeah, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, I think he did. So Ben didn't like them. He was like, I think they're... I think it must have been like a bit of a band outing. Mm. I don't think Ben liked them much. Did his dad drive us? Maybe yeah, yeah. And um, but me, me and Sam like them, and um, I think they had quite good support as well, or at least they were advertised of having quite good mm. support. I can't remember who they were. I thought it might have been the Cribs, but I don't think it was the Cribs. I don't know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So we get there, and the support doesn't isn't there for whatever reason. And they have like this probably the worst band I've ever seen in my <laughs> they life. They were terrible, weren't they? Them. They were so just bizarre, like prog rock band, but with no. I don't know. They were just rubbish, like really rubbish band. Mm. And then the ordinary boys came on, 
and it wasn't that busy in there. It was kind of quite a small crowd anyway at first, and then obviously got a bit busier. But it was just absolute chaos. Oh, it was so. I good. think the Audrey boys, one of them, stormed off in a mood because somebody like got thrown into his. Um, Someone took the piss out of him about his wife's book, or. Yeah, it was like that, but it's the keyboard, the keyboardist. And then they were all like, they were getting a bit moody. And then halfway through, they kind of changed their attitude. Like, mm. And they just kind of like embraced it. And like people were flying around. And I've got loads of videos on my old phone, well, a very old phone, which I've still got, but I, I've got, I haven't really got any way of accessing the videos of just like at the end. And like they're just still playing a song like um, Preston from the Audrey Boys. Yeah, as you say, went on to mm. kind of reality TV fame. Just playing his guitar, whatever song it is, I can't remember. And then just Sam, just like on the stage with his arm around him, <laughs> like dancing, like skanking. And like, and then like the, the stage just gets invaded and then bends. Like, it was just, honestly, it was, it was chaos. I... It was really like, yeah. And I think after that, Ben was sold on them. But then like, they were a bit weird. Um, I think if I was pushed, I would say that Ordinary Boys gig is probably... Certainly in my top three gigs I've ever been to. Yeah, just it certainly sticks in my mind. Anyway, it's hard to put them into. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's probably a good way of putting it—the one that sticks in the mind, because it was just mayhem, wasn't it? Because they were probably—if I—I'm trying to remember again—it's my, my memory. Um, it was between the two albums, wasn't it? Yeah, they I think released over the kind of culture, but brass. Yeah, because they definitely played "Boys Will Be Boys." Hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah, but it was almost like they were too big for that venue, almost. Weren't yeah, they? yeah. But it was probably. But that was the other thing that I loved about it was like it, you know when you see some of these kind of enemy bands and you go to these smaller venues and it's just full of like you know the scene hmm. stuff and they're like you know all the cool kids and everything. But there was just not that. It was just like blokes who looked like they'd stopped in on their way home, <laughs> yeah. or like, or like they'd just been to a football match, and they, mm. you know, it was just it just wasn't like your normal, like I say, kind of enemy indie cool band yeah. crowd at all. It was just mad. And what I would say, Al, that's a, a quite interesting because it probably would have been, you know, where we went to see the bands like Blink and Green Day, we probably would have been. There would have been a lot of people our age there, wouldn't there? Yeah. Because, you know, they would have been... And I just wonder if maybe if you... Because we probably would have only been, like, what, 18, 19 then? Yeah. Whether they, do you know what I mean? Whether they had a bit of an older following. All that just added, like yeah. you were saying, like, blokes turning up from work and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I suppose they do have, like, a mm. kind of a scar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Them, don't they? Well, quite a big scar side to them, really. So, like, yeah, you might just get the couple of blokes who, like, you know, mm. the scar bands from the 70s, 80s or whatever. Do you reckon that was your first gig in, like, a proper dirty, horrible little club rather than going to arenas and theatres? And... No. I, I don't think it was the first. Definitely wasn't the first, yeah. but I'd say it was it's certainly the most raucous. Like, yeah, it was wild, yeah. wasn't it? Like I would, I would say, and I'm glad we've got onto it naturally. Along with I said earlier about the Arctic Monkeys album of that period, of all of those bands that we said about, like Kasabian, Razorlight, or, or even like I get a, like a few people I know give me a lot of grief. Even like the Libertines, people absolutely like people shag the Libertines, don't they? But 
for me, if I were to yeah. pick one album, and I, I'd include the first Arctic Monkeys album in that, that first Ordinary Boys album is just, it's just amazing. Like, I love that album. Like, I, yeah. I proper, proper love that album. To be honest, yeah. it, it's probably, there's a, there's a couple, I'm going to come on to another album, actually, um, that's also on my list, I think. Like, it's probably the one that comes nearest to that Jamie T album in terms of, like, how much I like it. And I, I do think there is probably a bit of nostalgia around it. Because I was saying to Rob on another um, another podcast that we did, there's definitely like a period of time where like it's my taste kind of switched a bit. Yeah. We were talking about it, was it because it kind of got more popular, sort of sort of like the appeal of it sort of faded away. But also I wonder if it was because like Arctic Monkeys and the Ordinary Boys were on the jukebox in the pub and yeah. Green Day one, yeah. so like you kind of, and then like attached it to that sort of time because we used to go up and like, yeah, go to Manchester and stay with Rob, didn't we? Rob Jeffrey and and go to yeah. go to see you know to the ordinary boys up there a couple of times and yeah, no, I totally agree. And I was thinking about this the other day, really, as well. Like when you're kind of grow, I think English, I think English kind of indie or rock music, or certainly when we were growing mm. up, was like Oasis. And blah, and it's yeah. all about like lads going down the pub. But when you're like 14, you know, going down <laughs> the pub in a parker, you can't really, you can't really relate to it. So when kind of like an American punk band that just talks about <laughs> riding a BMX, yeah, or fancying a girl, you know what I mean? It's a bit, it's a bit more relatable. Now I think as you get older, maybe then you then look back and you then get into mm. kind of the more, what well, definitely in the 90s and the noughties, kind of the like drinking obsessed lad culture indie band type thing i don't know if it was different for you boys because um well alex can speak to this because um it might have been different because like by the time you got to that age of getting into bands you actually had the internet for me it was all nirvana and pearl jam back in the early 90s but i probably didn't get in so if um nevermind was released in like the september of 91 I don't think I would have heard it until the, you know, until early the following year because we're from Bumpkinland. Yeah, and <laughs> well, yeah, or what? Yeah, but it just wouldn't have come through yeah, like yeah. it does now. Whereas now, something's out, it's out everywhere. Whereas it would have taken yeah. a while for that wave from Nevermind and Ten and Bad Motor Finger to make its way across the Atlantic, and then to make its way up from London, you know, and then to find its way <laughs> to fucking Nemster. I just wonder yeah. whether you found it easier to find bands. Well, we were like the we were the original mm. Napster generation. This is this is the other thing we were talking about about how I don't know if it's gone out yet, but I was saying it's like how you do your piracy defines you as your generation. And I kind of th- <laughs> yeah. thinking that you know for me it was the C ninety and the C sixty cassette, and then but then maybe for you guys it was like burning CDs, and then for the kids that come after it would have been like. Napster or LimeWire, mm. but you're saying it was early Napster, yeah. Like we had Napster, but in general, <laughs> our connections were so bad, yeah, it would take so long. You download like one song a week, maybe, so, or maybe it's just my house. I don't know. So it was like, like you know, so it would have been someone would go to Woolworths and, or go into Hereford and buy a record, and then someone else would have a stack of blank CDs and yeah. do copies, maybe, yeah. But what I'd say about Napster was it, it, I wouldn't say it really. I couldn't say what you do is you'd find a hear a band in a magazine, say Kerrang, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, oh, you know, it was on mm-hmm. the punk section. 
I'll go out, you know, and then you download one song from Napster, think, oh yeah, this is good, and then you go and maybe buy the album from what was the shop in Harry? Yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix Records, yeah, yeah. Phoenix Records, and then you might go to Phoenix so, Records to buy the album. Yeah, but no, but just going back to the before you go too far off. Yeah, totally agree. That Audrey Boys album, that first album, I think it's the most underrated indie rock, whatever you want to call it, album of that time. I agree. I agree. Like, and like, yeah, I think it's. I think some of it, and this is why I think I like it, is that so much of it is the. It's quite punk at times, and like, like you said, there's there's that scar sort of vibe to it, and it's just really good. Like, yeah. I just like seaside towards the back end is just one of the best songs of the last twenty years. Yeah, that's like, a great tune, isn't it? Like I, I said before, like yeah. I would I would um, happily die on the hill that say that Green Day are one of the great punk bands. I'd equally die on that hill that says. Uh, Seaside's one of the best songs to come out of a, from, from a British band night. And yeah. back to what we were saying about um, people not taking Blink seriously, I think after his dabblings in um, reality TV and his failed marriage and all that sort of thing, I think I and the, the infamous Nevermind the Buzzcocks um, episode, I think he trashed a lot of his for want of a better phrase, credibility. And I, I think he sort of, I think, yeah, I think so. you know, tarnished his legacy a little bit there. Because, like, the first two yeah. albums are really... The second one's not as good as the first, I don't think, but it's pretty good. I agree, totally But then agree, the yeah. third one, and like, I know I've said earlier on about, oh, it's good for bands look to move forward and change, but, like, that third album, it's very different, but it's also not very good. I think he's a good, you know, I think he's a good writer and I think they were, they were a good band. And like that that album they come out with a couple of years ago, sort of after they reformed, is all right. It's not great, but it's all right. Um, yeah. Um, have you listened to that album at all, Rob? I listened to it this week hmm. um, and it wasn't, it didn't sound like what I was expecting because hmm. I was expecting it to be a bit more scary, just hmm. from the way you spoke about it yeah. before. But I also think I might have got a bit confused with another band. Right. Got myself in a bit of a pickle. So did you, were you into a band called the Pigeon Detectives? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So so I thought that and I wasn't 100% sure. And then I just, so I just get, like put pigeons into <laughs> thing. And do you know what came up? I think I know you get kicking pigeons by sponge. Kicking pigeons by sponge, and I have this vague <laughs> memory of certainly of going to Cheltenham with you boys to watch Sponge. Mm-hmm. Does that ring bells? Yeah, or is that a lie? Yeah, I've seen them loads of times. Yeah, I can't remember. I, yeah, yeah, I thought, I, but in my head, that was like when you said listen to the ordinary boys. That's the band I thought I was listening to. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. confused them with Sponge, and I think that's probably because of. Mm. Yeah, um, but it wasn't what I was expecting. But I, I didn't hate it. But I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't no. listen to it lot. Yeah. And again, it's probably one of those time and place albums. Mm. I'm probably missed it. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. They've just released a new single. I'm just looking out. Quite um, reggae, skank, uh, scary. So what was their big hit? Was that the their big hit? Was that was Boys Will Be Boys yeah. or something? Yeah. It was after the second record? Yeah. Was it? 
So I know that yeah. one. And then, obviously, I know him from Buzzcocks. Yeah. No, but however, you, you're bringing them up. I'm oh, Rob bringing them up. I would say uh, one of the first bands that I remember bonding with you with, if you will, were Sponge. Like, they were yeah. such a big part of our, like, end of years, like, last couple of years at school, weren't they? Like, they were kind of... Yeah, yeah. I probably underrated Sponge, like, in the terms of how much I did yeah. like them. Just because I don't, I've never really gone back to them. But yeah, for a few years, I was. I, loved I remember them, yeah. we saw them, and do you remember me, me, you, Ben? I want to say maybe Sam, um, Smitey. We went to see them at Cardiff Castle. Do you yeah. remember that we saw Green Day and Sponge Open? And yeah. like, we were like, I don't know if I went. Actually, no, I don't know if I did. No, no. Not Cardiff Castle. No. Oh, maybe it was another guy. Not St David's Hall or something like that. No, no, it was it was the castle. It was definitely, the, it may, maybe it was someone else who came with us. Because you and Peter's went to see him like years ago, didn't you? See them. I remember first going to see him with Adam, and then did you come to see him when we saw them in Newport? TJ's and bowling for yes, Super I did. Before? Yeah, yeah. That was good as well. That was cracking. Yeah, yeah, no, they're a good band. They're still going, I think. When I was sort of having to think about stuff we might talk about tonight, I thought, oh man, we used to listen to Sponge so much. And like they had a record on on like Kerrang TV, didn't they? And stuff. And it was like, yeah. kind of felt like a, a win for us, wasn't it? Because it was like, oh, we've been listening to this yeah. band. And yeah, that was cool. They were a decent band. Um, Good segue for me, accidentally, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other record out that was on my list, I think. We, we haven't talked about it yet. Um, I haven't shoved it Rob's way yet either. Is that first Hard Fire album? Yeah. Like, that's a proper underrated piece of work. Like. Yeah, I really like it, yeah. Yeah. Just just thinking about, about bands who would have been around at a similar time. I definitely think, like, we've, we've spoke about it on here, and the more I think about it, the more I think that period is at least as influential on what I listen to now. Or, or as as yeah. like that earlier period is, it's almost that like coming and going a little bit because there are like a bunch yeah. of records around there. But I think maybe because a lot of those bands like Hardfire really have been and gone, mm. Audrey Boys have been and gone. None of the bands around that period that I really like really stuck around. No, yeah, I just like they kind of came out with good debut albums and then mm. faded away. Whereas like I don't know, like the Libertines and. Actually, I like Kasabian. Yeah. They're really good. But I don't know, I can't really think of top of my head. But other bands, you know... Zootons, they had a bit afterwards, but like... Yeah. And they seem to have kind of stuck around hmm. more. But I wasn't really that into those bands. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, but that Hardfire album is pretty good. I I heard you mention it on your other Hmm. podcast, so I thought I haven't listened to that for ages. I put it on. And yeah, I, I still think it stands up pretty well. Like, there's obviously a few like bits of filler on there because it's a kind of as all albums, but the the good points are really good. Yeah, like, hard to beat and Middle Eastern holiday, Ash Machines, good. Another band who had a really good first album. Have I ever told you my rifles story? You know, remember the rifles? They were oh, on Soccer like, I remember AM them. Be, I remember there being a band called the Rifles, but I couldn't tell you anything else other than well, that. I've never. I've never left a gig early. I've never, like, I've always, you know, 
since of poor bands, but always stuck it out. And I really liked the first Rise yeah. Rules album. And like they did a, I guess it probably would have been 15 years since it came out. They did like an anniversary tour. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. wicked, I'm going to go there. They're going to play that album. It's going to be brilliant. So Catherine got me tickets to go for, for, for my birthday. And like we hadn't long had Teddy. So like it was probably one of like a very rare sort of like outing, like proper outing. Yeah. Really excited. Me and Steve went. Anyway, we, we drove down there. I drove down to Bristol to see them. Yeah. And I swear they were the worst band I have ever seen. They were fucking okay. so bad. Everything that was on the album, Rob, I guess it's a little bit like what you say about Feeder. Like, um, everything they had on that first album was so good. And, like, they, they played bits of it. And I went to the low halfway through and I came back. And then Steve went to the loo and come back. He tapped me on the shoulder. He went, this is shit, in it? I was like, they're fucking terrible, mate. And he said, he goes to me, oh, we'll stick it out, though, shall we? And I was like, yeah, we better add. And then he said, oh, I'm going to do a couple of acoustic songs on the solo album. And we just turned to each other and let's just go home. We left. They probably had <laughs> half hour of their set left. We just went. And then to top it all off, yeah. got a speeding ticket driving home. <laughs> Absolutely fuming. Terrible. Like, and oh, just a little sort of. That's why they get gigs anymore. They killed it for me. Um, Alex was saying about um, how there's, uh, like, from that sort of time, there was these bands who would have like one, maybe two good albums mm. and sort of disappear. And I'm just wondering whether that's because, like, the churn is so much more now. Mm. Like, bands aren't about for as long because the next thing comes around so quickly. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on second albums. Mm. Um, and you're probably right. There's probably like, like bands quite get quite easily get forgotten. So there's like that, you like, oh, well, we've got to put something else out. And then yeah. it sort of gets rushed a bit. I mean, that like, there's lots of bands who've got a bad second album in there. Like, the second Clash album's not very good, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then I suppose it's like, Pearl is still going and they've released albums mm. as and when they want. Um, but they've been going for 30 years. Soundgarden went into the about 96, 97, and then they knocked on the head, but mm. then obviously they got back together just before Kenanel died. But in that five or six years' time, they had that run of three albums, which were fucking kick your ass. Yeah. And obviously, Nirvana trade off the back catalogue for all these years, mm. but how many of the bands of that time, they, you know, there's so many bands... Out of that like grunge explosion, yeah. But yet we we only ever hear of five or six of them. Mm. Now yeah. it's the same as almost the same as you know. Um, back in the sixties, you had like the Stones, the Beatles, the Who, the Kinks. I struggle. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Now I just wonder whether it's but that whether that turns just a lot quicker now. Yeah. Now that being a musician is a thing, being an artist is a mm. thing, you know, and whether, yeah. whether these waves come round a bit quicker. And clear stuff yeah, out I, think, I think so, because stuff is, like, back to what we said before, stuff is more accessible, isn't it? And, like, mm. you know, you perhaps haven't got that same amount of time to, you know, to, to put that out. Like you said, people get forgotten. I mean, like, I know that it's been a bit of a theme, but, like, the Arctic Monkeys, they had a five-year gap between two albums, like, and 
you don't always get that, I don't think. But then, like we were talking about Weezer the other day, they won't let you forget them because they don't do two albums a year. Like you know, yeah. they've had they've, 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 I was looking through their back catalogue. They? They've had so mm. many albums. They've just released a new one called Van Weezer. Yeah, we spoke about it last week with my mate because he he bought it and like me and him both fucking love Weezer. Like so, yeah, cool band, aren't they? Do you remember Al? Do you, do you remember when we kind of got into like um, a Bedouin Sound Clash? Remember them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember going to see them at I want to say Cardiff, but it could have been Manchester. We couldn't get but we couldn't get a ticket. Yeah, that's right. We were gonna go and we couldn't get a ticket, so we thought we'd blag it and, and try and get one off the tape. And then yeah. we couldn't. So it's a lot Manchester's yeah. a long way to go to do I that. I think it was Cardiff. That's still quite a yeah. long way to go. Yeah. We just went and got pissed, didn't we? Yeah. When when you're like eighteen, you don't care. You just want to yeah, get drunk. Yeah. Drinking cans on the train is like the biggest pull to any day. <laughs> well, we would me and Hazel talk about this. It's like only in this country is train drinking a thing. It's like it doesn't matter what time of day it is. You can get on a train up at eight in the morning. There'll be a bloke sat down there cracking open the can. Yeah, paid eight quid for this titty. I'm going to enjoy it. Al, before um, we forget about it. You, you're probably yeah. going to have to tell us your story. You know which one it is I'm referring to. I think so. What you, is it the Morrissey yeah, of course one? It's the Morrissey one. Yeah. So, I mean, well, no, I'll just tell the story as I heard it. So, my dad, he grew up in um, Greater Manchester, Rochdale, in that area. And he's in a band called The Fence. In fact, we, as the Navajos, covered one of their songs. And they were doing like the Manchester scene, and they, they were quite a good band, really. They they were gigging regularly, and they're doing all right. And they even it's got quite it's quite cool actually. I've got a clip in at home from a um, I can't remember what it is, but it's basically a quote from John Peel when he plays their song on the oh, um, nice. on the BBC, whatever. I don't know if it was local radio or or radio one, but it was John. It was John Peel. So they were they were doing they were doing all right kind of thing. So yeah, and apparently they used to knock about with like um, a few of the other Manchester bands, but everyone hated Morrissey and said he was a twat. But and um, but they wanted to go. Uh, Morrissey was asking people to go on this compilation album or something. They were like, "Yeah, go on, it'd be a good opportunity." And my dad apparently said, "No, we're not going on that because he's a twat." But obviously, then from that, the Smiths became probably the, one of the biggest bands ever. But yeah, but essentially an argument ensued and my dad may well have punched Morrissey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Brilliant. I, I don't know, I don't know how you think that is, but I oh, think I'd out on that if I were you. I do. I tell everyone that story. Someone goes, Oh, it, so, so do you know Alex Tress? Yeah, I know Alex Tress. His dad punched Morrissey, didn't he? <laughs>
and I don't know what I'll see when it's all over and things have settled down again. <laughs>